It's episode 1074, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and we are back from Loverland, Virginia. It's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, podcaster, author, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, soon to have a platinum record coming out later this summer, Derek Miner. Mm. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> I receive it. That album deserves receive, it, man. Receive, brother. I receive it. <laughs> People heard one single on last week's or on Tuesday's yeah. show. They're going to hear another single on today's show. It's, well, I'm going to be up. rolling them out with you. So, Wow, it's the Derek Miner show. I'm here for it. Hey, hey let's get Jamie, it. We talked about it on Tuesday's show, but when we were in Montana, Derek played the whole album for us. It's coming out oh, late man. July. It's insane. It's so good. Wow. Like he says, it's the best thing he's ever done, and he undersells it so much. It is so All right, Jerry, good. Go ahead. And, you got my number. Send me, send me a song to listen to. He ain't giving you. it to anybody. He's I just, got you. He's I just got playing you. it over Sonos. He doesn't want it leaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna send it right yeah. at the end of July. I'm gonna send it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I tried that like in our group chat like a month ago. Like it was done. I was like, well, send it. And he's like, I'll play it for you in Montana. This dude's got it on lockdown. He's not gonna share well, it. That's the thing because it would be an uncomfortable situation because if it leaked. He would know. Oh man, it was Cameron. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. who did it? Crack. Because you know, everyone that. says, everyone's like, "I promise, I won't share it with anybody." And then they're like, "Hey, listen, I got this from Derek. Don't yep. say I Don't gave it to anybody. you. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. It's just between me and you." This is Derek's new album, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, as a matter of fact, so I just dropped a single called "More on the Way," and I'm also doing this challenge called the "More on the Way" challenge. So the way it works. Pick an amount. It could be $5, $10, $15, whatever. And then think of a friend that you think uh, could use it or a coworker or an organization, charity, and then just send it to them. And then I want you to record how you felt after you sent that. And I want you to hashtag more on the way, tag me in it. And then after that, I want you to challenge a friend, like challenge somebody in the post, like say, hey, I challenge Relevant podcast, Cameron. I challenge Jamie Ivy, and then we're just gonna keep seeing how far our generosity can go. I really want to do something different, something that adds to the world. Most of the time, we're always thinking about taking, but giving away feels even better. So it's like mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. We're on the way challenge. Make that's sure awesome. to hit me I love up. it. Yeah, so, man. So is there ha- the hashtag? Say it all again. Like, what do people need to do? So they donate. They film a little clip of like what they did. Yeah, how just made them how, feel. how you felt, and then and nominate then somebody at the end of it. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, just more on the way challenge. Pick a, picking them out. Give it away to whoever. It doesn't even matter how much it is because it's not about. Like, it's not about how much, it's about the feeling and also mm-hmm. knowing that you don't have to be afraid to give away. So it's like, it's that idea. So giving them Can out. Can I say something? To all y'all listening, if you're going to join in on this, don't do $5. I don't care how oh. you feel about giving $5. Okay. You know what I mean? Minimum That's eight. Not, Minimum well, eight. I'm saying it's not sacrificial <laughs> enough. Do something that you had you to like. anything for $5 these days. <laughs> my thing is like, do something that like, man, this was maybe a sacrifice for me, but I want to bless somebody intentionally and then talk about it. Like if you're throwing a little $5 that you don't care about, that's not the spirit of it. I don't, it's Derek's yeah, thing, but I'm yeah. just saying like, step it up a little <laughs> bit. Camera said, run the racks. But, but my thing is, if $5 is all you got, if that's a sacrifice, if that's all you got, that's, it. that's all you got. You know what I'm just saying? Just make if, it if, a sacrificial gift. Yeah, that's make, it something, make, it, make, make it a blessing for somebody else. Because right. I know oftentimes, yeah. for me, I've seen needs and I've been afraid to even say, you know what? I'm going to be the solution to the problem because I'm like, well, what about if, if, if I don't get that back, right? Like, let's let's freely give. And I think that that's the beauty of it. It could be five. You know what your number is. If five dollars is is that number, cool. Yeah. If five hundred dollars is that number, cool. Five thousand dollars, whatever that number is, because it's about breaking the scarcity fear mentality. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So yeah, once you give it away, I want you to make a video telling everybody how you felt, and then I want you to challenge somebody else and make sure you use the hashtag more on the way. 
beautiful. And, and I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Cameron. <clears throat> I, I get it. I want people to be generous, but no one's complaining about getting a free five bucks. If someone gave me a free five bucks right at that immediate <laughs> moment, like, I want a Seven Eleven right now. And um, <laughs> taquito time, and no one knows because it's cash. It is. All I'm saying is dirty little secret. If somebody's throwing you five bucks and they don't care, I don't want them to give me a video of how that made them feel. Right. I want them you to give said, me a video of like right. I thought about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I see what you say. You don't want the stale video of like I just did the challenge and I did a little video. You want people to actually experience the beauty of self-sacrifice, sacrificial but giving. But if, if 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 they don't have, if that's all they can give, you know, the the widow's right. might. A five dollars, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Give that bless bless somebody with that five bones because, it, like I said, if I receive five bones, I'm spending that that day on something that I don't need, but I'm gonna want that is 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 in the five dollar neighborhood. There's a lot you can get out there at a convenience store for five bucks that's really gonna lift somebody's day. And I think the power in that challenge is that you feel good because you gave away and then the other person feels good because they, they just received something out of the blue. Like it wasn't like I owed this bill or I worked for it. You just received it out of, out of the blue. It reminds me of something else, the gospel. Like it's the beauty of just receiving something that you didn't work for or anything, you know? I'm going to say something. An example of this is a group chat that we're in last night, uh, some buddies of ours. And one and the cool thing about our group chats is we don't just fart around and send memes, although we do do that. We also talk about real stuff. A lot of them. And, and one of our friends last night said, hey, y'all, I know this may be out of the blue, but can y'all just pray for me? Like I'm going through some financial hardships right now. And he kind of detailed some of the stuff he was facing. And everybody's like jumping in, man, I got you. We're praying for you, whatever. And then one of our friends said, Hey, um, I'm going to send some money. It's not much, but it's what I can do. What's your Venmo? And he said, prayers mm -hmm. coming also, but sometimes I know mm -hmm. better than anyone. You need someone to slide in some real cash and be the answer mm -hmm. to the prayer. We love you so mm -hmm. much. And we're so sorry you're going through this. And then <clears throat> what did he spark? Boom, 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 boom. Yep. Everybody yep. sent, sent, sent. Everybody yep. jumped in yep. on it. This is the heart of what Derek's talking about is like to mm -hmm. be, you know, like to bless somebody sacrificially, who cares how much it is, it's, but if it's what you can do, you know, it's going to bless somebody. And our friend, mm -hmm. it blew, it blew his mind. He was not expecting it. He was just kind of keeping us in the loop of what's going on in his life. And we were praying for him. And he's just like, man, my, my, just my ego mask is falling. And like, I'm just like so right. humbled and grateful. Yeah. And it like really yep. impacted him. And it's just like, mm -hmm. let's do that. I love this challenge, man. This is awesome. Say let's the hashtag one more time. Hashtag more on the way. Come on. Love let's it. do it. Love it. Yep. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Elevation Worship's Chris Brown, the good one. The other Chris Brown didn't join Elevation. <laughs> Relax. Chris Brown's coming up. You don't want to miss that. We also have uh, your feedback at the end of the show, but right now, Emily's going to join us for a relevant buzz. Popping up. If life a marathon, I got no choice but run them up. I've been sliding on these tracks. My haters need a salt truck. And they still won't melt the ice. And it's black. And I'm back. You talking down. What is that, bro? You act like we ain't blessed or something. God ain't flexed or something. If you want me on your set or something, cut a check or something. We've been bringing dreams of life like Freddy Krueger. We ain't done. I've been moving on this blind, faithful, staring at the sun. This one when it sound like they don't see it, let alone what it feel like. Dog, why you worry about them? Go get your own life. Counting everybody. Pockets like you work for Levi. Levi. Oh my, that won't get you nowhere. Came way too far from hiding, seeking from the police. Hiding, but it came way too far. My gang was sitting in the nosebleed. Praying down on my knees and got back up. We in the floor seats. Damn, looking at full court games like of course we had to go stack some full course meals. Now it's more on the way. Oh, but I stress about these bills. I got more on the way. You're listening to Derek Minor, John Keith, 1K Few, and No Big Deal. Holy cow, heavy hitters. The song is More on the Way. It's Derek's newest single. Go save it wherever you listen to your music. It's obviously good. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. 
Okay, please welcome to the show our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Big news right now, today, is Emily's birthday. Happy birthday, Emily. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Mm. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Happy birthday to you. There we go. Bring it. Happy. Y'all ain't never heard that version before, hey, y'all. Yeah, we (laughs) have. Okay. Good. Happy birthday, right, Emily. Good. Oh, Emily, we're we're very excited for your birthday, and I didn't you, tell the other you. members of the of the team here that mm-hmm. we orchestrated a surprise. <laughs> here with me in the room. Come on over. Come on over, Mister Harry Styles. Now, Woo! what? Now, <laughs> now, let me just now, let me Harry just preface. Styles. What's up? All right, that's what's up. This isn't the Harry Styles. This is a guy I looked up in the phone book whose name happens to be Mr. Styles. He's leaving. Hold on, hold on. He didn't know why I asked him over here. He, Mr. Styles. He's he's rummaging through my things now. Okay, and this was a mistake. Anyway, what were we saying about the staff camera? I got to go take care of a situation with a vagrant that I've left. Allowed into my home. <laughs> He's just roaming your house. Uh, we, Yo. we, this morning, the staff sang, he was on his rendition of Happy Birthday. The staff sang her Happy Birthday through the melody of this, uh, the national anthem. Uh, so oh. she's now had two weird mm. Happy Birthday songs and no normal ones. Do, 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 she do, is a patriot. Do, 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 do. How old are you? Do you share that information freely? Uh, I will as long as we promise to bleep this out when the episode records. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm 28. Oh, I was like. <laughs> Oh, great year. Good year. 28. 27's kind of the peak, and it's all downhill after that. So you're you're on the decline. You're on the decline. I think 28 is like people recognize you as like full-on adult. 27's still like, oh, there's still, you know, 28's like, okay. I don't know how I feel about being like a full-grown adult because I kind of like being able to make the excuse of like, I'm just a young 20-year-old still figuring it out. And now it's like, I don't get to use that yeah, excuse that's anymore. That's, that's all, I kind of have with. to know a few things. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. over once, you, once you can rent a car, you're on your own. I'm sorry, you're an adult. Like Ooh. 25 Ooh. and up, you better have it figured out. Uh, did you do anything special? Like your mom came into town, right? Are you, did you My take mom. her on the Pedal Tavern in downtown Nashville? No, but she did think it was very funny watching all of them, um, mainly because I didn't really realize it until we were both looking at it that hard, but there's really two groups that do pedal taverns. It's either the young bachelorette party girls, or Mm -hmm. it is like middle-aged women who I assume are having like a divorce party Mm -hmm. that are just like (laughs) living it up, Mm -hmm. having their best loud lives. Um, it's it's an interesting demographic. Look, and, and the thing is, they they dress more scantily clad than the bachelorettes. <laughs> like the the kids, you just like you like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am put it ma'am, away, ma'am, please, <laughs> put, it, put it away, <laughs> your, ma'am, ma'am, your children are in their mid twenties. Please put it away, <laughs> ma'am, put it away. <laughs> <We> just, <laughs> oh, so yeah. Y'all, listen, you get in your forties, you just want to relive those twenties again. That's what these uh, women—they like, were reliving their twenties. Yeah, they were having oh, yeah. a good time. Good for them. Have y'all noticed that divorce parties are a thing now? Like, I was watching the I've news. I've never Se- heard of that. It's on the Seth Rogen of uh, Apple TV Plus. Uh, show that came out a couple weeks ago, Platonic. It's fantastic. Um, One of the episodes was he's going through a divorce. One of the episodes is some of the female characters went to a friend's divorce party and then they got inspired to throw him a divorce party. Divorce parties in LA are apparently a thing. Like, What do you do there? You go, party? you party. go, it's like a brunch or whatever. And the, and your friend who's going through the divorce, you say uplifting things to them. You show them support. We love you. And you encourage them how much they mean to you, all these things. You're going to make it through all this kind of stuff. And we're wow. here for you. And it's just kind of like you're entering your new season, but you're not entering it alone. We're walking it through with you. Let's have a good brunch. That kind of It's thing. kind of like so. the wow. opposite of a bachelorette party where it's like, Bachelor parties are supposed to be like, you know, your last night of freedom before you settle down. And divorce parties are like, you're free and now you get to go crazy again. Like, I think that's maybe the vibe of it sometimes. Which is why they dress the way that they dress. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah. it is. All right. Relevant Buzz. Tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture, Emily. You mean we're not just going to talk about my birthday the whole time? <laughs> I thought you guys were going to go around and say... We're moving on, Emily. I thought you were going to say all your favorite things about me. Talk, Tell me why you love me. We did me. that at staff meeting already. <laughs> I, I think we've covered what's at the intersection of faith and culture. It's Emily's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Period. Yeah. She, Period. All right, that'll do it for Relevant Buzz. Uh, for more, check out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, everyone's talking about it. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, what's going on? Um, there's something that a lot of people actually are talking about. Um, it's the new Duggar documentary, Shiny Happy People. Have any of you guys started watching it? Jamie? I've seen two episodes. Okay. How do you feel about it so far? It's on my it's on my queue. I'm yearning to watch the other two because I'm I'm really into it. Um you know, my husband did not come from that exact type of thing, but he grew up under that Bill Gothard stuff a mm. little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I told him we were gonna watch it and I was like, I don't know if you should watch it. Like you might it might like make you start shaking or something like it mm. might bring back memories and he watched them he's like yeah that was the language that was happening at our wow. church and so it's like it's hard to watch because on one hand i watch it and i see these kids that's about mainly the duggar family and their kids are so good and well behaved and i look at mine and i'm like what is wrong with you guys like why can't y'all act like the duggars and then you watch this and you're like Oh, I think they have a lot of, they might have a lot of issues when they get older. Yeah, like they turn into pedophiles, literally convicted pedophiles. So that's a whole, okay, that was my first thought was like, oh my gosh, their kids are so good. And then the like pedophile, the, the, the patriarchy, Mm -hmm. it's just setting up a lot of people for failure. It's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. I don't know nothing about it. So you know who the Duggars are? I know who the Duggars are, but who is the, who's the person you said the, Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard. Yeah, what is this thing? Yeah. So Bill Gothard is the leader of the Institute in Basic Life Principles, which is the organization that the Christian affiliated organization that the Duggars are part of. Um, uh-huh. And they have very strict teachings. Um, they, it is like a very patriarchal thing. I think the best way to describe it is one of the uh, sisters on the Duggars. She kind of described it as if they're in a room, whoever the oldest man is in the room, he's in charge. No question. Like doesn't matter Mm. his qualifications. Like he is the one that makes all Mm. the decisions for everyone. Um, Just a very, and like they definitely teach don't question authority um, that Mm. you should submit to all authority without, sort of pushing back against it um i don't see any problem with it honestly okay and like they also the teaching is like a woman's role is strictly your only option is like a wife and a mother yeah like, sounds no great room for that you to sounds do anything fantastic else. and uh you know well, there's that. anybody listening needs to know i have a smile on my face i'm being completely sarcastic do not quote me we don't all just kind of let it go because yeah. we're like it's too late. You it's heard, out you there. Heard how quiet I got. I was like, he gonna don't. get canceled by <laughs> himself. Yeah, cancel. go for he it. He gonna cancel himself. I, I'm not. I'm not getting canceled with him. I'm like, look, I'm just gonna watch. Don't fire at medium.com and write a yeah. whole thing about quoting me, please. I was a joke. Hey, I, I was, like, I was look, raised by strong women. Yeah. I affirm strong women in ministry mm-hmm. and leadership. We've had mm-hmm. leaders on our team all over the years. Okay, thank you. Sorry, it was a joke. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a pitch to interview Ginger. Yeah, we had her on the uh, podcast too. Doug Arvola. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when it first came through my office, I was like, I'm not touching that with the 10 foot pole because I didn't know what her book was about. Mm-hmm, I didn't yeah. know anything. I just knew that she was a part of this family and I had zero interest in talking about that. But I actually read her book. Um, and like the older sisters are like almost coming to the light a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. about what they were raised with. And I feel sorry for them in a way because you'll hear them and they still honor their parents a lot. Like they're still mm-hmm. like, I had a great childhood. My parents are great. And this is what what we're dealing with. And I feel like that, I feel sorry for them in a way that they're having yeah. to reckon with so many. Yeah. We all have to reckon with our childhood. Yeah. And they have to do it publicly. Ginger, when yeah. we talked, she she used a really great word. She said she was disentangling her faith Mm -hmm. and like a lot Mm -hmm. of things she learned from her childhood just because, you know, I think what is so hard with, uh, with Gothard's teachings that I think a lot of people really wrestle with is he's not wrong a hundred percent of the time. There are things he does preach that are biblically accurate, but there are other things he teaches that are definitely his strong interpretation of scripture. And he treats it as if it's a hundred percent true. And that's where there is a lot of, um, there's just a lot of abuse that ended up happening in the IBLP because of his teachings. And there's sort of this reckoning that's coming with it right now. And, and two, what's interesting about the Duggar situations, if you didn't watch a show like Derek and like, I don't, I kind of just know about it, but I'm not that interested. The, the, the thing I would say to those people is watch this through the lens of 
Gothard's teachings infiltrated far beyond just his little community, like Mm. Baptist churches, Pentecostal churches, that sort of teaching seeped into a lot of it. So while you're watching the Duggars, it might be the extreme version of it, but you Mm. will find so much that's like, Oh yeah, like my church taught mm. that, and like mm-hmm. you're, and, and it's eye opening, like how mm. you know these views really infiltrated mainstream Christianity as well. Well, and, and it's not just it, it's not just like sort of like the fundamentalism and the patriarchy and sort of antiquated ideas about well, you know, what I consider antiquated ideas uh, that are more puritanical when it comes to gender roles than biblical. Mm. Um, I think the other aspect too is like. A lot of people, including probably a handful of us on this podcast, were raised in a, a like a very Western Christian culture that put a heavy emphasis on the centrality of family. Where you know, mm. when I think you kind of start reading the Bible objectively as an adult, or or you know, not necessarily even as a young person, you realize like, yeah, you know, families are important, but it's not. I mean, Jesus was to the point where he was almost dismissive of people who were too, you know, leave your father and mother. Don't even go to the funeral. Like, like your family's Mm -hmm. the church. Like, I'm not, I love my, I love being a dad. I love being a husband. I think families are important, but I also feel like there was a time in kind of modern Western Christianity, particularly certain sects of like conservative evangelicalism, where the idea of family became it seemed almost like an idol where it was like mm-hmm. look w- w- I, th- th- i'm not i'm not discounting it's not, it's important to be a good parent and, and and raise your your children in a way where they have a solid foundation but that's not really what i'm reading when i read the teachings of christ like he doesn't really hone in on that too much like he's more yeah. concerned that's how, you, about, that, that's how you know that vin diesel is a solid christian because he's been for 10 movies jumping i I mean for family family. all of of this has been for family he's been jump he jumped off the side of a a airplane and a car jumped off a cliff amen it's for family vin diesel really passionate of christ part two three four five six seven eight nine ten just one thing I we need to clarify for the listeners who might be following, taking notes at home. Jesse was talking about the S-E-C-T-S of Christianity, <laughs> not sex of Christianity. He was saying sex of Christianity. Sect. Yeah. Oh, sex. Wow. Sex. Sex. Wow. Sectors. Sex. Sectors. Yes. Of Christianity. Yeah, but, Just but, want to clarify. But, but in either way, I'm not anti-family. So di- different documentary if it was I, the other family. one. I, I, I'm not like anti-family. But, family. I, documentary. But, but, but it really does seem like Hey, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot more going on in scripture that we should be concerned about, you know, when, when it comes to relationships with people. Yeah. Then necessarily, yeah, exactly. The Dom Toretto version of the gospel where it is totally central to, you know, where the, the primary relationships are the ones that you have no, people aren't chose, you know, you can't choose who, who your family is, who you're related to. I know I'm saying those relationships aren't important, but they're not the most important. Like, I don't know. I, I have, I have a whole, and I'm not like bashing, like focus on the family or, 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 you know, what Gothard or whatever, but even that idea of focus on the family, should we, or should we focus on the community? Should we focus on the church? Like, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying to it's break down semantics. Or. It's both. I, and. I, I, it's exactly. It, 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 it totally is. But some people are raised in a culture where family is absolutely central to the point where it kind of blocks out these other influences, including ones that could call into accountability when, uh, you know, could hold people accountable when things like abuse. Occur. Uh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. There so what, what you're okay. saying is how sometimes people can raise the idea of family so high that if there's someone in your family that may be doing something wrong, your idea is to it, protect that toxicity exactly. rather than expose it for the gospel right uh, i.e. the brian houston stuff with hillsong i was really wondering where you're going with that mm-hmm. and yeah and yeah, the bubble yeah. thing it's like i'm you. the head of this family yes, sir, i can I do no you. wrong and it's in. like if we lived in community other people could check me if i was accountable in relationship with other people i was about to yeah. come check on them kids uh, i know right jesse, after I was a while like, i was he's like he's not even going to their funerals like good lord jesse love no, your no, family no, but man that's what, no but i that's what jesus said that's what jesus said <laughs> to the fact, guy he Paul said, said I, he wished I, that I everybody was like him yeah, exactly. I, I'm living the most godly life here. I just said, I'm going to follow Paul's teachings and live single 
and just forget about ever finding love. That's what it's, I think. He like, has gray sweatpants for three days straight. Then. Come on now. But it, comfort, no, no, comfort I will say king, this, man. Jesse, in, yeah. the, in the show, there, mm-hmm. if you watch it, there is a family friend who tries to talk to them about when the stuff came out with Josh, their oldest son. Because that was people, I wouldn't say, Emily, you can correct me. I wouldn't say from the documentary that a lot of people knew about that, but there were some family friends who knew a little bit about what had happened with the oldest son previous mm-hmm. to the media finding out yeah. and yes. encouraged them to do stuff. But you do get the sense that Jim Bob, that's his name, Derek, Jim Bob Duggar was like, let's just <laughs> keep this. Let's just keep this here and not have to deal with it. So I do see what you're saying. I, I want to say two things that were really yeah. hard to watch. Number one, when the girl, the Duggar who's on the show, Emily, what's her name? Jill. Jill. And you Jill, guys. Jim, Bob, and Jill. Oh, all the kids' names are J names. All 19 of them. Do they have a Jesus? They got Jedediah, Jeremiah, Except Jill, for the wife. Ginger. Except for Michelle. Them. But yeah. this is what was sad for me. The, their, mm. their show, 19 Kids and Counting, brought in millions and millions and it put TLC on the map mm-hmm. like it, sure. it, it yeah. transformed that network so they've made a lot of money and then they had when the scandal came out with the oldest son TLC canceled them but then they started redoing these shows like then they started doing spinoffs you guys those girls did not make any money off of their spinoff shows wow yeah uh, right they're they are grown women they are married they are birthing children on TV and they did not make a dime off those shows how? That's not okay. How is that even possible? Because Jim Bob was in charge of the contracts. It, that and, made me really, wow. really angry. And, and, that, and that's wow. my that's my whole Jim point. Jim Bob, like, I, I think, you jerk. I think we 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 should all strive to to be good parents and 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 children and 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 children of our parents and and what all things. But I'm just saying, like, if it becomes so central that you start losing focus of. Uh, biblical accountability f- for you know holding people uh, uh, account for their for their actions, particularly when they're clearly in some sort of either relationally abusive or sexually abusive or physically abusive situation. There's a problem. There's a big problem with where priorities are, and and hopefully that's right. you know can be yeah. it can s- sort of be cautionary yeah. to that degree. So, yeah. So a lot of people, we've seen a lot of chatter online, uh, a lot of chatter in our world about people watching this Duggar thing because it was very eye opening and people are watching it, you know, kind of like to watch the freak show. And then they're realizing a lot of those teachings have infiltrated our church experiences as well. And what's interesting is like, it's just falling right on the heels of the Hillsong documentary, which I'm segueing to because we then we didn't see hardly any online chatter about the Hillsong documentary at the level that we're seeing the Duggar ones. And then what I'm talking about is like, our world, our audience, the relevant crowd. Like nobody's talking about the Hillsong doc. And Emily and I have been trying to figure out why. And we realized that we can watch the Duggar thing as outsiders, but the Hillsong thing, once you put it on, like we lived through this. I don't want to relive this. You know what I mean? What I would say, so a lot of people are avoiding it or they started to sample it. And the first episode's a little, in my opinion, unfocused. They're like, you know, and then they ask you to give 10% of your income and they ask you to work for free on Sundays with the kids ministry, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just like, come on, they're losing the plot here, the filmmakers. But let me say this, Mm -hmm. if you were hesitant or, or gave up on the Hillsong documentary, go watch episode four. Episode four is where they, episode three is where they talk about Brian, his dad, Brian Houston, and his dad, Frank Houston in depth. And we learn a lot about the true story of what happened with Frank, which I didn't know. But episode four is where they land the plane and they wrap it all up. And the first half is about Brian. And the second half is where Carl Lentz and Laura Lentz and the kids come back in and they talk about their story of the last three years. And to me, episode four of the Hillsong documentary is one that even if you already know all the stories and you, you've read all the headlines and all of our coverage and you're not learning anything new for the first three episodes, episode four really is remarkable. And I would say, watch mm-hmm. it, even if you just skip to that, you know, but um, so yeah, watch the Duggars, watch episode four of the Hillsong doc. This is a unique moment where we have two very prominent Main, you know, Amazon, FX, Hulu, like doing high quality documentaries about our little, our little world, you know, so watch it, see what the world's saying about us. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. What else do you have, Emily? 
Um, I have a very interesting report that came out about dating. Mm. Um, Ooh, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just say, dear Cameron. None of them care about this. Say, dear Cameron, I found I was, something you need to know. I was know. trying to make it seem like we all were interested. I didn't mm-hmm. want to sing one out. Go on uh, Cameron, if you could just really turn the volume up on this so you hear this. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bow, bow. <laughs> it's my birthday, so you can't be mean to me. I can I'm be not. mean to you, though. Yes, you can. It's my gift to you. No comebacks. <laughs> That's my gift to you. Okay. Gift that keeps on giving. Until tomorrow. <laughs> Um, no, uh, there is a really interesting new report though that said the average person said they can determine within the first 20 minutes of a date if they'll go out with someone again. Mm. 20 minutes. Mm. That's all it takes. So let's no, say speed dating. I agree. Speed dating. No, I agree. Yeah. That seems, oh, that seems to I check agree. out. I mean, I yeah. agree. If I, I, hear, I, I, I hear be able to, I'm not dating, but I think I'd be able to determine if I did not want to go out again in the first 20 minutes. Okay. But like, yeah. okay. you know what I mean? Like, oh, La, nope, nope, nope. But sure. you might need forty-five or an hour to see if you really like them. So I uh, see. I'm uh, maybe I'm weird, but I, I can tell I you like in the first thirty seconds if I don't want to see you again. Thirty seconds. I mean, right away. But you're right. Like it may take a little more wow. time to see. Is there actually a potential? Is this worth going out again? Because for me, like I'm not a date to date person. Said 30, you said thirty seconds. You can find Which out. Which really means you wanna... you're just looking at them. No, no, no. I can write somebody off to go. I can tell what you're into. Like I vibe. Like the whole thing, real quick. It's like I can write you off quickly. But the idea of like, is there enough substance to mine that this could turn into a relationship, mm-hmm. or we should continue pursuing this? That takes more time than twenty minutes. So. Mm-hmm. I'm like the two extremes. Uh, I need longer and shorter. I don't need 20 minutes. Listen, I think Mm. it's great advice. I've been happily married for many, many years now. But when I was on the dating scene, I would always follow one rule. On the first date, for the first 20 minutes, talk Mm. with a British accent. Because you seem very charming (laughs) and smart (laughs) and, and exotic. And they've already made the decision at that point. And then I kind of just slowly faded out. That's why out Harry Styles is so good. He's, he gets <laughs> yeah. all the women he wants. Speaking of which, Mr. Styles, what are you? <laughs> this, this was a huge mistake. This was a huge. He's wearing, he's wearing, he appears to be wearing some of my clothes at this point. Um, you didn't realize when he said he was Harry Styles, he spells it H-A-I-R-Y. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I didn't really ask. I'm, I'm not even certain that's his name. I just called a man, Harry Styles and said, jump in. And, uh, that was about an hour ago, and I'm a and little concerned. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's a lot of mountain man clothes, like Harry Styles, like Harry men wear flannels and things like that. Yeah, he was he was very yeti. He was a stylish Harry man, I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's um, hilarious. Okay, so 20 minutes. That's the study. Is like there's okay. a 20 minute cutoff to. So you only got to be really good for 20 minutes, put on your best behavior, and then. Wow. Hello, Nice to meet you this evening. <laughs> it did go into like a big part of that is definitely like the, what conversation topics are you discussing in those 20 minutes? So, um, you know, things about your passions, uh, even like environmental issues. Like people said that they were interested in that. That made them, that was kind of a green flag for them. Um, and then obviously more taboo subjects. Definitely don't bring up within 20 minutes. So things like your ex or... Um, do you want, are you interested in having sex tonight or even like in the first 20 minutes? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll be honest, if you bring that up in 20 minutes, you should not be on a date. Comic books are not off the, they're not off the table. Right. So like I can bring up my comic book, my comic book collection. My combo collection. I think you should bring up whatever you love. That's what the point. Bring my, up whatever uh, you love, and if that, it's a match, it's a match. Once you know? again, my pop collectibles. Like, see, if I was be if I just broke out like five pop collectibles, would be like these are my favorite. This one right here. I'm so glad Incre- you're married, Incredible Derek. Hulk, Spider Man, Wolverine. Oh my gosh, is this a a Wookie? RP. Okay. I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to sound like an old woman yeah. who has not been in the dating scene for a very long time. Uh-huh. Are people deciding if they're going to have sex with someone and bringing it up in the first 20 minutes of conversation of meeting? Is this a thing? Jamie, Emily and I talk about this a lot as far as like the different types of dating now. It's like hookup culture is is it. I mean, it's like, like you're tra- there to hook up. That's it. That's it. And, and, and it's like it's so weird because like I I mm. personally only have ever dated to marry. Like I don't date casually. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to date you because I, I'm interested now. Maybe it doesn't work out obviously, but like 
there's a purposefulness behind it. That's very rare now. It's just kind of like, wow. oh, it's Friday night. Let's hook up, whatever. And then like move on and whatever next next weekend. That's you know? crazy. It's well, that's, that's why the first 20 minutes of the dates, like I said, it was a, it was hard rules for me. It was British accent and only three topics were allowed. Equestrian, nautical novels, and bocce ball. And, and it usually worked. <laughs> I mean, I looked very charming and sophisticated and... This little Did you have a handlebar mustache and a mm -hmm. bow tie? Did you bring the bocce balls with you and like fiddle with them at the table? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. And, but at the twenty-minute mark, I would dramatically peel away the the the, the handlebar mustache. Uh, to, to once she's committed to the second date, you're like, okay, yeah. Sweet. Once she's then, made the decision that this yeah. charming, yeah. Uh, 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 you know, evidently very wealthy um, uh, uh, British man <laughs> has uh, has wooed me with his stories of the sea then that's when i would i would let the persona down because i've crossed i, I crossed the 20 minute mark that's the rule you know yeah comic books for me baby you first 15 <laughs> minutes start talking about episode 51 of x-men you know what i'm saying and D derek it is <laughs> you sit down and immediately bring it up hey all right so what did you think about hulk versus thor Huh? <laughs> so glad you're married, man. I am just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesse save me. <laughs> I would love to hear your wives' versions of the y'all's first date. Like, I want to hear what y'all thought, how y'all thought the first date went, and then I want to hear how your wives. Look, I'm gonna lie. You gonna, you're not gonna be very impressed because I was so broke. We probably was at Wendy's, like we <laughs> just like, look, hey, you want to be? We, I, I know for sure we had a date at Fazoli's. Like, for sure. We, like, I'm not going to count. <laughs> Derek's like, you're not going to believe it. One of my friends is feeling really generous and blessing me with $5. And uh, <laughs> here we go. Going to Wendy's, baby. Yeah. yeah. Yo, you we get, went you to get the medium CC's yeah. pizza, bro. For oh, real. Yeah. We, was, yeah. we was tearing CC's up at one point in time, bro. It was crazy. Oh, my God. Hey, that was the college kid, like Nirvana, going to CC's, man. Four yes, bucks is all you need. Shoot. Anyway. All right. What else you got, Emily? Bring it home. Um, I want to end this with some good, happy encouragement. And thankfully, we have the perfect clip for that. Uh, Charlie Wilson, a.k.a. Uncle Charlie, was on NPR's Tiny Desk this week. Oh. And honestly, the whole thing's phenomenal. You should totally go check it out. But about halfway through his performance, he just really started preaching. And I think we should all hear it. So awesome. we're just going to let Uncle Charlie close out Buzz today. Play it, Jason. My name is Charlie. Last name, Wilson. Used to be the lead singer of Gap Band. So many years ago, we sold millions of records. Ah, and I went from rags to riches, riches to rags, and rags to the curb, and curb to homeless. Cause I was an alcoholic and a crack cocaine addict. But I'm 28 years. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Come on, Uncle Charlie. Come on, Uncle Charlie. In the NPR offices. I love it. Come on. There we go. In the middle of NPR. I love it. Charlie Wilson, buddy. That's Man. hard. That's, That's how hard. I want to end Buzz every week from now. Yeah, I love real. that we should. We should. We posted that on the on RealMagazine.com if you want to watch the whole thing. It is so good. What a great performance. All right. Thanks, Emily. If you want to see more stuff like that, check out RelevantMagazine.com every weekday where we are covering the intersection of faith, culture, justice, and all the other stuff. Thanks, Emily. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, the good Chris Brown joins us.
listening to Silly Boy Blue. Hey, that was my high school nickname. Uh, the song is Sparks. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Chris Brown from Elevation Worship. Uh, We sat down with him to discuss the worship team's latest album, Can You Imagine? And how the album that wasn't supposed to happen came to life. Here's part of our conversation with Elevation Worship's Chris Brown. Is there like a like a message or like a line that kind of connects all these songs together on this album? Um, yeah, well, the the title, Can You Imagine, is a lyric from the song More Than Able. Um, and uh, it's, it's the lyric that comes in at the top of the bridge. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like we, we identified and executed musically speaking what that lyric is saying and how it should feel because can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the lord can do and i feel like you when we hit that part in the song um it, it you, you can feel a shift in, in the environment and um but i would i would say yeah of course we chose that song t- lyric to be the album title um, because I think a lot of a lot of the album um, is wrapped around uh, just Ephesians three twenty, which um, our pastor has been preaching on um, more more specifically and from unique angles. Uh, you know, over the last six months specifically, but um, you know, Ephesians three twenty is God is able to do. Um, more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And um, honestly, we didn't set out to, with with the end goal in mind of, hey, let's, let's have eight songs um, that all, you know, identify with that scripture or are to this end. Um, we rarely, we rarely do. Uh, and uh, we can talk more about how the the recording itself came about and how the album um, wound up with with the eight songs. But um, you know, in hindsight, it's it's pretty cool to look back and go, "Wow! Like these these all do feel like they're um, they're centered around um, believing for what's ahead and um, not getting stuck in um, either wishing things." were the way they used to be or um i i kind of uh feel like i've i've screwed up too much in the past so how could i possibly believe for more um from from god in front of me and so i think a, a lot of the songs um do find their identity around that scripture that lyric so um that would be it I love that. Why do you think that's a message that people need to hear right now? Well, I get personally, and I'll, uh, I won't try to speak for our whole team, but I'll also speak <laughs> on behalf of our team. But I think, you know, the, the more, um, the more years you have on you, you can easily begin to, um, to play things safe or, um, when when elevation first started as a church as a as a as a ministry um everybody that was on staff was you know pastor pastor steven and his wife holly they were 25 so they were young and then everybody else on staff was felt like we were 19 20 just so like but you have this um 
this abandonment to like any fear or whatever it's you know uh it may take to believe like oh yeah like of course of course it's gonna happen and i'm speaking in terms of like um ministry and, and around building our church but of course you would apply it to any situation in life anything that we go through at least i've found that you know i have two kids now that are old you know getting older i um i have i didn't have a mortgage you know 15 years ago i have a mortgage i have lots of even lots of amazing things that i could look back on and go well wow like uh i saw that happen god did that i can't believe i had that experience or whatever and that can either lead to um man what what else might i experience in life or it could be i can't believe i've had these experiences i might i might you know take a take a little coast break and uh and just chill for a while and not and so I, I do think part of part of the album um, I, I feel like you can identify Moses the character at this um, burning bush moment where at that point he's middle aged and he has this encounter with God speaking through you know a bush that's on fire and he's been a shepherd for a while because he ran away from Egypt after murdering someone and uh, and he met and married a, a, a foreigner, um, not one of his people, and he was enlisted as a shepherd in his father-in-law's you know, business. And so he spent years, I believe at that point, just this is, this is my life. I don't know if he felt like it was a good life, bad life, fine life. But that was that was his life, and then he has this encounter. And God says, "Oh, you're you're the one I'm appointing to deliver my people from Egypt." And uh, you know, he just sat there and tried to talk God out of like, "No, nah, I'm not your guy." You know, you got the you got the wrong the wrong one. I don't have this. I'm not good at that. Um, and so I. I think a lot of More Than Able, the song More Than Able feels a bit like, um, you know, the, Moses's thought thought life. Um, when did I start to forget all of the great things you did? Um, why did I start to believe that you weren't sufficient for me? You know, it's so interesting because I feel like um, I feel like I've noticed like with non-worship artists that, you know, they'll take, you know, a few years or something in between writing songs or producing albums. And I feel like Elevations, I feel like the last few years, I think you'll release an album every single year. Um, and I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's, it's really incredible that y'all are like able to produce so much. But what do you think it is about worship songs that you're just kind of constantly able to like write songs like this like at this pace I I, th- I think um, maybe it's a couple things uh, one I, I believe um, with Pastor Stephen driving so much of um, our worship culture he, he kind of has an insatiable drive to like not let let things feel stale um and i know that can be a um well who who says if something's stale well it's if if nothing else it's just like well it's a preference but the i think that he's he's a main factor and then two every seventh day we're putting a set list together for our church um and and uh, I, I think like if that that keeps us motivated to have new music because we have had seasons where <clears throat> um, and we don't only do our, our own songs. I'm not saying that, but uh, 
but we do primarily elevation stuff in it and it is a good motivator to always bring a new song to both the lord and our congregation and uh and so i think both both of those uh factors and dynamics work kind of hand in hand that wind up then turning into an album but i think like 52 sundays i guess um and if you were to put that in terms of like taylor swift's tour or something it's not all it doesn't sound like all that much for 52 city tour for for an artist but um but the same people aren't showing up night after night (laughs) and our congregation is showing up sunday after sunday and uh if we were to play the same songs for a couple every you know waiting a couple years between new songs getting into the flow i think uh i think it might begin to feel stale so it's a good motivator for us just having sundays you know That was Chris Brown. Make sure to check out Elevation Worship's newest album. It's called Can You Imagine? All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. I know you know I love you though Sometimes I get too comfortable And I mess it up on a regular New day, new grace, don't get it, God Be patient with you Be patient with me And I'm done with all the running trying to find you Cause I couldn't lose your love if I tried to I'm the alchemist of all my problems Pessimist with all my flaws Can you be the one to hold my columns? Take effect and be my cause Of all my devotion, I hope that it's real You're listening to Henrik, Loge, and Gio. The song is If I Tried. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st. And this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, well, last week, obviously, we had a weird, we had the Montana episode, so we didn't do feedback. So two weeks ago, we were talking about the Hillsong documentary coming out and the Duggar documentary coming out at that time, uh, which is out now. Um, and we got talking about what other Christian documentary stories should be made. So we asked you, you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and here's a few of our favorites. My dog Ben Stroop said he mm-hmm. need. A Blackwater Jerry documentary similar to Fade to Black, but this is about me calling Jerry Falwell's rap career, me creating his rap career. I will so. never forget when we talked about that. Blackwater, Jerry Jerry. Blackwater oh my boy. It's <laughs> hilarious. I like Kara. This is, I mean, this seems broad. I, I don't know what direction she wants to take it, but, uh, you know, no matter what direction she would, I'd probably watch. I want a documentary on youth pastors. I want to. I want to counter, Kara. I want a mockumentary on youth pastors. I want the yes. Christopher Guest film yes. at like a yes. youth pastor convention. Ooh. But it, but it's you know what I'm saying. It's Christopher Guest style. The whole cast, bring them back and, oh. and do it at, at a youth pastor convention. I'm that telling would be you, crazy. I crazy. You know, <laughs> the, the best in show. Waiting for a uh, 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 government thing. Like it's perfect. It is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that one, Bob says. Chubby Bunny, a history of youth group games. Oh, there you, you go. Know, I think that we got, <laughs> we can put them together. Game, youth group games? Or uh, did you say games or names? Chubby Bunny was games. 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 Gotcha. Games. I, th- I thought you were saying youth yeah. group yeah. names and got me thinking, what was y'all's that youth too. group name? What, Jesse, did you have a weird youth group name? Unfortunately, uh, you know what? I want to say at one point it was like Fresh Fire or something like that. There was a lot of flame oh, related good. youth group names, mm. you know, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of flames. Mine in the 90s was named Strike Force. 
strike force <laughs> and it was like and then like what? they made like a sword and this the reflection in the sword was like jesus's face and then like and then it said like the 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 somebody i don't know is the violent take it by force or like the i don't know whatever the verse was mm. was our tagline i don't i didn't get it like why are we so angry like why are we strike force we're just sitting there playing yeah. chubby bunny why are we, why are, why is there military imagery <laughs> going on swords. here hey, this is too much. This is overload for me because it's so normal to y'all. But for me, you play a game called Chubby Buddy, and they call you Strike Force. Strike Force, Strike Force get over here and play Chubby do, Buddy. Do, do you remember? Do you remember American Gladiators? Strike Force, like mount up. I don't know. Like, was it a He-Man reference? A Transformers reference? What are we doing with Strike Force here? I don't know. This is crazy. I, I feel like there was a time. You guys remember American Gladiators, right? The, yeah, of the course. show. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like there's a time where you. American gladiator names and youth group names were basically interchangeable. Like, and ladies and gentlemen, blaze, you know, or mountain. <laughs> Any of those are just interchangeable with like 90s youth group names. That is yeah. true. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Uh, Christian music festivals. You know what? Ooh. I think, isn't there a really good, mm -hmm. I think there's a documentary, Why Should the Devil Have All the Good Music? That has a, um, that mm -hmm. has an interesting aside on like Cornerstone, I think. On Cornerstone and stuff. I would watch yeah. a documentary about Cornerstone, the Christian Alternative Music Festival. That was so pivotal. Uh, Oscar Isaac, the huge actor, performed in, in his Christian spa, ska band yeah. back in like mm -hmm. 2000 or whatever. I mean, like so many bands came through there that were really like outside, you know, they didn't fit the Christian radio, Christian bookstore yeah. mold, but there was a scene, man. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Well, anyway, cool. there's more where that came from. Check out our replies at Relevant Podcast and you can... You know, maybe maybe some uh, entrepreneurial filmmakers will scan them and and uh, create one of these. I want to okay. learn about Strike Force. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have a good question of the week. Okay, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. I'm not even going to ask the cast. I want to know y'all's youth group names. That's what I want. I want to know everybody's <laughs> youth group names. Tell us the story behind your youth group name and like anything weird about your youth group. I want to know it all. Um so it's the name of the entire group. They would call it like the like almost like a like a basketball team or something like the first like tactical team Blaze. or like a special operations first, tactical unit. Or, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like Strike Force every Wednesday night at seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Strike Force, the youth ministry. At yeah. I love to watch that yeah. movie. That's not like uh -huh. somewhere. A lot of stuff gets blown up. Mission. You know what fire. we have to remember oh, though, guys. Cool. What we have to remember is that we're Warriors all grown adults right now. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> we're grown adults. But Cameron, when you were 15, yeah. you thought that was cool, Strike Force. I don't know that we did. Oh, you didn't? My youth pastor did. He was very proud of it. <laughs> um, we didn't. But I feel like sometimes kids are like, yeah. I was this a little cool. more just like, I liked going to Strike Force because there's cute girls there. I didn't care what they called it because there's cute girls there. It's cool, whatever. I don't know. I didn't really care about the branding. Now every church is doing like, like I go to a church called a live church and like their young adults ministry is called like AYA, a live young adults. Like I'm going, we're strike force. Like bring it back. It's almost no, like all yeah. the logos. No, you want it back. Like no, all the logos today are just like Helvetica and everything's boring. Bring back logos. Yeah. Bring back strike force. Bring back. Don't bring that back. Don't bring that back. Don't, 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 bring, don't bring that back, y'all. Don't right. bring that back. Can you imagine one? Cohen going to strike force? <laughs> Cohen would just not. He wouldn't, he wouldn't go, go to youth group anymore. Yeah, he he's just go. like, I'm not yeah. going to that. That's stupid. That's stupid. That's exactly <laughs> what he would exactly say. what he would say. <laughs> Rightfully so. It's like, and what's interesting too is these kids, they, they don't have the gimmicks like they used to, like the youth yeah. group nah. stuff or... I mean, like our church youth summer camp is just called summer camp. Like we named it, we themed it. I mean, it was like, yeah. you know, this summer, it's, you know, like VBS and stuff, you know, it's like yeah. every year had a different theme. Ours is called students at our church. Just students. students. Right. right. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Students. Yeah. yeah. Boring. Who's allowed in here? Students. Boring. Oh, that's where the strike force is training. Oh, wow. I want to join that. Yeah. Oh, cool. What are we training for? Not clear. Uh, chubby bunny, uh, re yeah. three leg races. We're, we're pretty know. good at these water balloon toss <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us your youth group name growing up. Okay. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Chris Brown from Elevation Worship for joining us today. Make sure to check out their new album. Can you imagine? It's out today. There you go. Uh, before we wrap things up, make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. Every weekday, we are covering the intersection of faith, culture, life, justice, 
and more. We have some great interviews. We have the latest news. We have some think pieces every day. Check it out. Bookmark it. Come back. Uh, follow us on all the socials. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook with everything we post. We also post occasionally over on IG and rarely on TikTok, though that will change this year. And I've been saying that for months, but I mean it. Um, <laughs> um, also, if you want to just, if you're not a social media person, you want to stay up on our latest stuff, you can sign up for our daily newsletter right there at relevantmagazine.com. We send you our top five trending stories each weekday morning right to your inbox. It's a great way to stay in the loop. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Mr. Styles. Relevant Podcast Network.